0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Lead Volunteers Podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm the host of the podcast. And my name is Josh Denhart and we're super excited that you've joined us today. Hey, listen,
1: uh, growing in our leadership is fun. Uh, You know, leadership is hard. Leadership is not for the faint of heart, but I gotta tell you, Jeff and I are here, the Lead Volunteers Podcast and all things Lead Volunteers. We are here, we're putting in this effort so that you can have a fast track to get better that's what we're here for in addition we like to start this podcast and get it moving fast right we don't want to be a bunch of blabber talk that all of a sudden you got to wait for 40 minutes into the thing in order to get the nugget of truth so we're gonna as we usually do we're gonna jump right in today's an interesting one jeff we're talking about dun 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 disunifying people right Mm
0: -hmm. and really this idea that you shouldn't recruit disunifying people that's right so we're gonna do our best to try to help us identify disunifying people. Uh, what do we do if we already have disunifying people yes. in our ministry? And kind of just talk through some questions about those um, maybe volunteers or people that are in or around your ministry that you would characterize as disunifying. And so maybe the first thing to do is maybe define what a disunifying person is and yeah. then maybe we can go further okay. off of that of how yeah. to identify them. But Well, I would say,
1: I would say that we, sounds pretty basic, The root word here is unity. Okay. Now, this is not someone who disagrees with you. I was a part of a church at one point, and anybody who disagreed was tagged as a disunifying person. We're not looking for lockstep agreement. I think that is, I I think that's a terrible idea because often, Jeff, people who are unified with the mission and are unified with me can have a very dissenting disagreement. Agreeable view with how we're going about doing ministry, and they can actually influence us toward a better path. Mm -hmm. So it's not about somebody who disagrees. Disunity or a disunifying person is somebody who, who quite possibly is gathering other people behind the scenes and making efforts against your leadership or against the mission. Does that make sense? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And so Coming off of that definition, that type of person, how would you identify those types of characteristics? How right. would you identify a disunifying leader, hopefully before you recruit them? Right? and we'll we'll talk about more recognizing someone within your ministry, but how can we, Start to recognize some of those traits of a disunifying leader before we recruit them and find ourselves in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's a very nuanced thing, right? But I would say that some of the characteristics that might, and by the way, it's, it's, we're picking up on cues and clues. And somebody who, who I might start to see, like, oh, good gracious, are they disunifying? They've got a little bit of an edge to their question. They've got a little bit of edge. They might, often again these are all jeff these are all things that are hard to pinpoint but i'm just giving you my own personal experience it's
0: hard to get specific for everybody's situation but exactly we'll we'll do our best do our best
1: yeah so i would say that there are times where i started to identify huh is this person disunifying or or, are do they just have a hang up here that they need to deal with often it came in the form of book long or book length emails Hmm that I would receive and I'm like whoa we is something going on here right so getting these repetitive really long emails that were questioning kind of what we were doing or or questioning character or, or 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 just our approach and so at first you're like oh they may have some, I want to keep an open mind right mm-hmm. um, but before too long when you when you see, begin to see a pattern you can go ooh i think i think there's something burning under this mm-hmm. right and so for me looking at people um and wondering in my mind this one great pastoral question right or the this great pastoral statement the issue is usually not the issue and so when i see somebody having this many problems, or this many questions, or this many concerns about what we're doing, what's going on there, Mm -hmm. right? Also, I am not afraid, this is not under the heading, please hear me, of malicious gossip by no means, but I am going to approach my other senior leaders and my other, listen to me now, shepherds, and I'm going to say, hey, what do you know about this particular sheep? And they're going to say, by the way, I've, I've had an experience where I went to another senior leader. I'm like, hey, what can you tell me about this little sheepy? And they're like, oh, my word, t- take a seat. I want to, can you close the door? Yes. And they said, here's the deal. They had this traumatic incident happen in their life. I'm in counseling with them on a regular basis. I don't want to tell you about the details about this, but they are absolutely in process. And they are, they, they are in a good space. And sometimes things are coming out a little sideways. Great,
0: that helps me
1: to have context. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So not just putting up, you feel like you have a disunifying person. All right, cut. You can't volunteer anymore. Put a hand uh-uh. up. That's uh-uh. that's not the motive. No, here. because uh-huh. I want to
1: find out. Listen, I'm a shepherd, man. Mm-hmm. I am I, I am a person who cares. I want to find out what's really going on with this person, and can I help them? Can, can I can I leverage their disagreement for the betterment of the kingdom, or is this really kind of a, a, a heart issue that they have that's going to become a serious problem down mm. the road? That's what I'm looking to discern.
0: Yeah. And I, I was thinking too about a specific example from my ministry in the last few years. I One of the things that started to bring this to my attention that I might have a disunifying person on my team yes. was I started to have different people, whether it was a Sunday morning or a phone call during the week, coming up to me and saying, hey, just so you know, Followed by this same person over and over again, yeah. has, is saying this, or is, came up to me and was talking about this, and sort of this gossip that's happening behind the scenes, and that was yeah. a, a good starting point for me to see, like, okay, they're like, it's time it, to
1: do a little digging. It's time to do a little bit of mm-hmm. research, not to not to smoke them out in exactly. order to yeah. get them out. Mm-hmm. No, to find out like what's going on. Can I ha- can I enter into this with a pastor's heart? That's where yeah, it really starts, and out.
0: that th- it just was the first step to kind of something clicked of like, okay, I might have a disunifying person on my team. Yeah, Then let's take steps forward.
1: And I would say also a disunifying person more often than not, they're, well, as Paul puts it, uh, uh, they're spreading like gangrene, mm-hmm. right? And they, their disunifying self is causing other people to have skepticisms or issues, mm-hmm. or see that you as a leader ought to be questioned, or your motives ought to be questioned, or where you're heading ought to be questioned. That's a telltale sign of somebody who's disunifying, mm-hmm. because they're gathering am- around them a cohort of people, and they may be like the 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 what do you call it the um, the Pied Piper with a bunch of snakes following them. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? I, I don't want that.
0: Yeah, and. I, I I'm going to ask this question. You somewhat just answered it, but as a point of emphasis, I kind of want us to help make the distinction. What would you say the difference is between constructive feedback and a disunifying person? And again, I think the answer is the last couple of sentences you just said, but uh, for. Yeah, I would say
1: uh, I am not. okay. so I have a good buddy who's a cardiologist, right? He's a heart surgeon. He's a heart doctor. Um, I don't have eyes to see somebody's heart, but I can begin to see what comes out and see some fruit. Right? Jesus says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, and so we're all taking note of that, right? But what, what, what? Uh, somebody who might be disagreeable and they're disagreeing with how we're going about doing this, they're probably going to do it in a super biblical way, and they're going to come directly to me. Mm-hmm sometimes you see disunifying people seeking to dismantle the whole thing and maybe even seek to take you down. I don't want any part of that.
0: Can you speak a little more to that?
1: Yeah, I would say that somebody who disagrees, they're gonna come to you and they're gonna say, hey, I don't understand why we're doing this or that. They may even come with a little bit of zip and a little bit of flair. I'm not afraid of that. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody comes with passion, that doesn't scare me. If they actually raise their voice, I'm not afraid of that. I'm going to receive them as long as they're coming to me and doing it in a biblical way, right? But when I see a disunifying person, often um, they've got an edge, man, and they've got an ax to grind. Now, this is a very interesting thing that I'm going to open up. This has happened multiple times with people. that. So like I have this thing called lead volunteers coaching where people, I meet with them one-on-one through Zoom for six or 12 months at a time. And I've seen this happen multiple times where somebody comes in and they're a brand new staff leader, staff pastor, or whatever, and there's somebody on their team that is super disunifying and they're seeking to kind of dismantle or or sabotage mm-hmm. some of the things that they're up to, only to find out that that particular individual had put in for the job that this new pastor had just been hired for. Mm-hmm. In other words, this, uh, this random person at the church had been serving as the... Outreach liaison, they were a lay person, they loved this, they were really influential. They put in for the job and put in their application. They got overlooked and the new person comes in.
0: Which could leave a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth. A little bit of a sting, that Mm
1: -hmm. this person, they beat me, so to speak, or they're now in charge. And if you as the leader don't know that that's their history, whoa, man, Mm -hmm. like that makes so much more sense that the reason why they have a little bit of an edge is now completely clear, right? Um, so I think I think knowing somebody's history as best you can. Another thing, uh, an avoidance, a great way to avoid a disunifying person. Uh, let's say that you've been a pastor at the church for six, eight years, or whatever, and you're very into your into your into your system. And somebody arrives at your church, and they are super fired up to get involved, and they're pretty aggressive about wanting to serve. There's two ways that I would look at that. Either, number one, they're a super Christian, and I mean that in the best sense of the term. I don't mm-hmm. mean that in, in, like as a, a funny colloquial joke or whatever. Maybe they really, really, really are a 301 or 401 level Christian, and serving is a huge piece to their spiritual life, and they, they can't wait to actualize their gifts for the kingdom. What a blessing however i don't know that they may be a hyper control freak who wants to come in and like have their way right away Mm -hmm. i've had that happen um and i i I watched early on where people who came to the church and were very aggressive with me about wanting to serve i learned it the hard way once and i thought okay they came in there they've been here like two weeks and they are on track man they're just pumping me to be on the leadership team and they've got all these ideas and i'm like you don't even know us you don't Mm -hmm. even know where we as a church have been and so typically when somebody's coming to me with that much eagerness and they're like basically saying hey give me the keys to the car uh my answer is hey man what i would love is for us to be able to serve you Can you come in, give us six weeks to six months for us to serve you? You can see us. You can see the ethos of the ministry. You can get kind of an understanding, but I I think it's a dangerous thing to onboard somebody into a higher level leadership role who literally just started
0: coming to your church. Mm -hmm. And hopefully not, not to start seeing new people in your church through a lens of skepticism as Mm-mm. to say like, Oh, we might have another disunifier. Let's, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> let's give them six months and see if they're the real deal. But honestly, just the more that you can get to know each other. Yes. Like you were saying before, the, the more that you can hear stories and understand where both of you are coming from, yes. the better that relationship is going to be in a volunteer role.
1: It is not only that, Jeff, but it, it, it might be good for them who I can't wait for them to be in a high capacity role. I think it's gonna be important for them to see where we currently are, have a little bit of understanding where we've been and understand a little bit of the rhythms of the ministry, Mm -hmm. right, because they need to understand what they're walking into.
0: So that nobody gets blindsided.
1: So that nobody gets blindsided, Mm -hmm. you're exactly right.
0: Nice, and so maybe to take that, I think those are a few good examples of how to see, hopefully ahead of time, Yes. In the recruiting process of a disunifying person. But what if we have a listener, and likely we have a listener <laughs> who's like, uh oh, I already have them. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. They're already on my team.
1: I inherited them, or.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah, it. it wasn't even this person's fault. I inherited this team. Or I, you recruited them, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, what do I have this on wasn't my hands? What here? I expected. Yeah, exactly. So then, yeah, if you already have a disunifying person on your team, what would you suggest you do from here? <sighs>
1: Well, if you have a disunifying person on your team, you are likely experiencing a good case of the normals. I don't want you to think that you were some bad leader who found, you know somehow got this person onto your team. These things happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would seek to have conversations with them. I would seek to... Um, like in the lead volunteers material, we have a simple, a short, simple serving survey, which is just, hey, is this role working, whatever. But then there's the deeper survey where I would actually take somebody out one on one and I would really, you know, the, in the lead volunteers material, it actually has 20 questions. Mm-hmm. So I don't wanna, you know, like give this person the 20 questions. But I, I, I do want to ask these deeper probing questions as far as what's going on under this. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I have somebody, I am going to try. Now, watch this. I've known a lot of leaders who they see a disunifying person and they see somebody who I'm going to call a barking dog. Now, don't give me a little room on this. I'm not calling anybody a dog. OK, yeah, of course. but if you see somebody who is kind of that pit bull person, I've seen one of two leaders. Typically, I see the first, which is avoidance. I'm not going close. See them down the hall. Do a quick pivot. I'll talk to somebody else. Avoidance. That's usually not a good approach. For me, what I've sought to do is, there's this wonderful phrase, move toward the barking dog. So I have typically moved closer to that person. I've sought to have a conversation with them. I don't shy away from them, right? And that sometimes takes that person that they don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but so, so how, how would I deal with the disunifying person? I would come close to them. Now I'm going to give you a quick failure on my part. Okay. I had a disunifying person. I'd made a huge change at our church and this person was fired up. They did not like me. They were very vocal about that. And so I, in my youthfulness, thought the best idea is this random saying which I do not just I don't agree with now I took the advice from this random saying that says keep your your friends close but your enemies closer (laughs) now give me a break I'm not saying she was my enemy but I thought okay if she's this disunifying I'm going to try to bring her in so that she can have firsthand experiences with me so that she can find out that I ain't that bad of a guy yeah
0: you see oh he actually knows what he's doing and Yeah, he, from that lens. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: he has a good heart. And he is leading from a place of, you know, he his, his passion is the gospel. Mm-hmm. Well, that was such a mistake because we put her not in a hugely significant role, but she was in an every week, 40 week a year role. 40 week a year, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, every Monday or Tuesday, I would have literally a book long email tearing apart why did we do this? It drained a ton of time for me. Mm-hmm. I had to address these things. There was nothing that I could say that was going to overcome what she saw as me being a bad leader. So me bringing gotcha. her close yeah. did nothing good for me. Mm-hmm. right? So ultimately, um, we sought to not reinvite her. And I was open and honest enough with her, and I said, and this is really hard, some people out there are gonna be like woof, but I had a conversation with her where I was like, hey, I just don't think this is working for me, and I don't really think this is working for you. Mm -hmm. She ended up agreeing, but she of course took major offense that she was being fired as a volunteer, right? Or that she wasn't being invited back. Um, That's exactly what needed to happen, because Mm -hmm. she was-
0: A hard conversation to have, but needed
1: needed and she was vocal enough that when she was in that role she was chitter chatting with other people about she wasn't just writing me emails Mm -hmm. right so that that's the sign of a disunifying person that they are seeking to gain allegiances and alliances with people typically against you and against what's going on not a fan of that
0: yeah absolutely and i think one thing i want to kind of touch on too i think it's very possible that you might, a listener might have a person who you could qualify as a disunifying leader on their team mm-hmm. and they are thinking to themselves, you know what? It's just John being John. He's It's how it's been. He's been here forever. Yep. I'll, I can put up with it. It's not the biggest deal in the right. world. Um, could you, you speak a little bit to that? Because my thought is that one disunifying person isn't just a leader in that person relationship but that it affects other areas of the ministry the entire volunteer team including you and so could you speak a little to Absolutely. that Absolutely
1: I would say I would say sometimes again this comes down to getting to know people mm-hmm. and keeping an open heart and having a shepherd's heart that understands the the nuances of the sheep so there may be somebody out there and they are just straight up a Cremungeon they 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 see the glasses half full all the time. They're always gonna say, "Yeah, well, I don't think so. What about that?" That's not necessarily a dis- half empty. Half empty. Did I? What did I say? You said
0: glass half full. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. They're glass definitely.
1: They're, they're they're okay. I would say there's four groups of people. There's those who see the glass half empty or half full. Those mm-hmm. are the pretty easy people. Then you have those people who see the glass. It's literally half but they think this thing is about ready to overflow. (laughs) They're the Mm hyper-enthusiast, right? They don't don't live in reality. But then there's the person on the far other side who the the glass is literally at half, and they're like, this thing is bone dry. The (laughs) sky is falling, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's helpful to realize that there's those four groups of people. I am not opposed to having one of those glass- half full or bone dry people on my team because they see they see things that I don't see and they are nitpickers. As long as they're not trying to take me out and they actually are on my team mm-hmm. and I know their heart, I'm willing to have a naysayer on my team as long as they're with us. Okay, but what you were saying is, restate your question.
0: It, how does that one disunifying person okay. affect the whole volunteer team?
1: Fantastic, so if they aren't just a curmudgeon, and if they aren't, if it's not just a personality trait with mm-hmm. a good heart, I'm cool with a personality trait in a good heart. But when I have a personality trait in a maligned heart, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Jeff. Um, biologically, there are two types of cells. There are healthy cells that have good DNA. And then there are some cells that have a maligned, broken DNA,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, a cell that has a broken DNA If they are allowed to replicate that dna gets replicated poorly and cancer is bad cells fast replicating right they're they're really fast multipliers Mm -hmm. and they've got bad dna now here's the interesting thing to take this cancer analogy another step further The fast growing bad DNA cells, they suck in a massive amount of energy from the host or from the, from the human. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden you're losing a ton of energy. This bad DNA is exploding in its multiplication. One bad person literally can gather a team of people around them to seek to have an alliance or an allegiance that's going to seek to have a coup. C-O-U-P. Is that how you spell that? Sure. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like mm-hmm. like they're going to try to overthrow. I've seen that happen. Yeah. And so I would say this. A disunifying person, unchecked, can multiply. And they can begin to be a voice that causes other people to see you as the leader very, very, very skeptically. Mm-hmm.
0: Not good. It's not good. And I, I think it's healthy for us to see that because it, it may feel easier to say, Oh, it's it's just John. I'll put up with it. Maybe it's, yeah. it's okay, but it's not just you and John. No, it's not. It's not just you and whoever. It it really does affect the whole team, and not and not to say that it's a diabolical cancer spreading throughout the ministry exactly. that's going to destroy everything. However, it's affecting the productivity the tenor, and the health and the overall mission yes. of your ministry. In addition,
1: let's now this has happened many a time where I have gone out to lunch with a person were out to coffee, and they were. I was really wondering where they were coming from. And through a series of well-articulated questions and well-timed questions, I ended up finding out the issue certainly wasn't the issue. Mm-hmm. Here I was leading in children's ministry, and their son was not allowed to lead worship in the youth ministry. And that ticked them off. It had nothing to do with me, but they just had this edge. And so then I... Does that make any sense to you? Mm-hmm. So when they have been burned in some other random area, it can come out sideways. And so again, it comes down to knowing people, but I am willing, and I want to encourage every every listener in closing on this podcast, you need to have enough leadership, thick skin to begin to talk to that person and even say, Hey, I feel uncomfortable when Right. Use these wonderful mm-hmm. I statements that we learned in junior high that made us feel so uncomfortable back then. You remember that? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Use your I statements. when I feel, I feel insecure when I see you ask this type of a question in front of everyone. Can you help me understand more? That's another important one. Can you help me understand more?
0: Mm-hmm. Because that's what we're seeking to do is understand yes. where they're coming from. Yes. We don't want to put yes. a hand up. We're modeling kind of the work of how Jesus interacted with disunifying people around him with the, the Pharisees and Sadducees and asking questions. mm -hmm, He was firm when he needed to be, Yes, but he also, he's led as an example and got to know him. And
1: there are certain things that I'm absolutely unwilling to put up with, right? I'm Mm -hmm. unwilling to put up with somebody maligning me publicly in a meeting. That's just not biblical. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But I have to say now, is there a time and has there been a time where I have actually excluded or said to somebody, hey, I just don't think this is working out? Yes. Has there also been a time where there was a high capacity volunteer who was very challenging and my best move was to wait them out? The answer is yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was a calculated move. It was done with great counsel, but you like removing certain personalities could cause you to have way more drama than you ever needed, mm-hmm. right? And so I I have to be honest with you I waited that person out it took a couple of years and I I allowed myself the the freedom to know that they were a challenge but I worked around them because uh, that was gonna be anything less Jeff if I were to seek to to have removed them it would have become a far bigger crater in the ministry than just letting them kind of move themselves does that make any sense
0: mm-hmm. yeah I think kind of as we as we're closing things up here one thing to understand is that this is a a case-by-case situational thing and hearing that on the podcast you might be like "Ah, great i was hoping you would just give me a script for how to tell people to leave and stop being disunifying and because that's we we'd love an easy button but with something like this it's so nuanced and it's it's different every case but hopefully there are just common takeaways that we can. Bit, that's the deal. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And I would say having done coaching with many a leader all across the country with different size churches, with different types of ministries, this is a good case of the normals. You're going to have people who are disunifying and the way to deal with it is as varied as the number of people that <laughs> I've coached.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, we just we can only do our best job to identify them before we recruit them. Yes, we can only do our best job to have counsel around us to interact with uh, these yes. type of people, and so we're just trying to do our best. I think is the yeah right, and and
1: not take yourself out, not have yourself be taken out um, as a result of their their disunifying spirit. I'm gonna grab my Bible real quick, okay, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we've said that we're closing like several times, (laughs) but this is our final thing here today. Paul wrote to Timothy and he was saying, hey, shepherd, shepherd of shepherds, here's a couple of hints. And so I'm going to give you one, dear listener, that has been one of the most important passages pastorally for me through it all. It is 2 Timothy 2, 24 to 26, and it reads like this. And the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held by him to do his will. Listen, as, a, as the Lord's bondservant, it's a super important man super important to not be quarrelsome I can become quarrelsome Jeff it's important for me to be kind to all and able to teach patient when wronged that's so hard Mm -hmm. I have been wronged as a pastor I have been I have had people malign me I've had people make stuff up about me and spread (sighs) stuff take a deep breath be Mm -hmm. patient when wronged with gentleness not with aggression Mm -hmm. correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, that's my hope. I hope that they do come to their senses. I hope that they see that I am a good guy Mm -hmm. and that I love the Lord and they can be on a
0: team. Amen. Amen. Well, that's a great place to end for today. Hopefully this was helpful for you in being able to identify disunifying leaders and also just how to react yourself in the process. Well, hey, we want to encourage you to check out Lead Volunteers. A few of the resources that we mentioned throughout the podcast are all available there and more. Uh, Lead Volunteers, it's a done for you master level course that helps you recruit, train, and retain volunteers. And so all across that spectrum, we have done for you resources ready to be plugged and played into your ministry. So we encourage you to check out leadvolunteers.com and we'll see you back here next week for another podcast.